to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for it's almost October. In fact, <laughs> it might be October by the time this episode comes out. Um, I am going on a small journey of, um, I am big fans of a potato podcast or pot- potato cast or podcast called The Salt Report. Why am I even mentioning Why are we the potato, potato cast? cast? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> And so um, some time ago, um, there was a certain wizard that was on the show who ruined the show um, in a very, very good way and in a very, very necessary way and a very, very required way. So working our way through the SALT report, um, we've decided to bring on Kay for <laughs> the second part. Hello. I don't know. Hello. Are you like the Empire Strikes Back then of <laughs> proceedings? <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Help me. You're going to have to do the steering. I can't, you I can't help recording. you. This is your podcast. <laughs> um, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. This is this has been like, this is like, this has almost been as long in gestation as episode eight was. Yeah, this, uh, this universe has been conspiring against your podcast for a little while, but uh, we will not be kept down by the system. We will not be... St- we I don't know where I'm going stopped. with this either. <laughs> just, this is going to just be a, 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 a incredibly fun, all over the place type of situation, which is always good. Um, for any people who haven't listened to us before, the reason that we do this is because after 200 episodes, I got to do what I want. So there you go. Yeah, I've done the works. time. <laughs> I've done the time. I get to do the crime. I get to do whatever I want. Um, another reason that we do this is because um, we can do board games and we do a lot about tabletop, but sometimes um, what we like to do is we like to venture into other realms and other areas, um, not like Final Fantasy, but we might talk about Final Fantasy. We, we'll see how much time we have. Um, but for those who aren't aware and who don't listen to the Salt Report, and you really should just stop right now, go and listen to a couple of episodes and then come back with the knowledge. Um, then um, Kay, who is part of the Salt Report, does an awful lot of cosplay stuff. So we're going to have a little chat. We're going to have a little chat about that. We're going to have a little chat about a lot of other things. I think we need to start off back with <laughs> um, why, why aren't controllers as good as they were with the Dreamcast controller and the little I mean, game. I've never had issues Thank with PS3 God. and PS4 controllers. No. But I don't play fighting games. It's usually fighting games people that complain. Yeah, yeah. I think what I like about the Dreamcast controller was the little um digital thing that you had which you were able to kind of pop out and that I don't thing was a brick. <laughs> I <laughs> I love I love my Dreamcast and I will defend that system, but I won't defend that controller. <laughs> It's What's terrible. That Why is the wire really on the like... bottom? So you lose like a good four inches when you have to pull it around the back so that it plugs into your system. What, what is the purpose were... of the VMU? It is kind of a cool idea, but like, <laughs> why? It's just one of these things. It was just like, we need a gimmick. Um, sales are going to be good. What can we do about this? Um, Tamagotchis. Everybody loves Tamagotchis. What can well, we do? We'll most games don't Tamagotchi. even do anything with it. Like I know Soul Reaver I... just p- displays the logo. It's like, oh, cool, thanks. 
I, I didn't know Hi, what game I was playing. Hi, oh, an avocado. What <laughs> <Or an> avocado? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. What was it that was um the only game I remember it was Sonic Adventure? Did Sonic it not used it to a do lot. stuff. Yeah, you could have it like feeding kind of like a little sprites. Yeah, it was like a little Tamagotchi and stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. But but then I got. Um, did you have a Dreamcast from the very very beginning? No, I bought it um, like five years ago for forty dollars at a used game store. Whoa. I didn't really have consoles growing up, um, except for my Game Boy no? Color. All right. Okay. Any reason for that? Was that just the parents you just didn't, didn't want to buy them for me when I was little? And I got one for I got an N sixty four from a friend. Um, Right. When I was in middle school, so that would be like mm-hmm. ages 11 to 13. Um, I'm not sure exactly when I got it. But then after that, um, that kind of opened the floodgates a little bit, and I got a GameCube for Christmas one year or something like that. But I like I didn't have a lot until I was able to buy them myself, which I guess is fair. You know, they're pretty expensive. Yeah, so. I suppose. They're still expensive. But, yeah, I remember kind of um, having the conversation with my dad about the super nintendo kind of coming out because i got i went um i went mega drive then super nintendo and i sold my mega drive to get the money for the super nintendo because the super nintendo kind of went 249 pounds which i think it was 249 dollars maybe and and then they reduced it to like 150 pounds within the first couple of months so i, I spoke to my dad and i went dad like this is reduced and he says well how are you going to get the money so i sold like a ton of Mega Drive stuff, which I totally regret to this day. But you know, I was young and hindsight. Obviously, twenty twenty. I needed yeah. the money. Another exactly. another part is that you have to you have to remember that I was pretty young when video games were getting big. Like the Super Nintendo came out in ninety three, right? So I was mm. maybe two years old. It's definitely too young to be playing video games. <laughs> I was nineteen. Well, Harvey has decided <laughs> to join us for this podcast. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Hi, Harvey. I've never heard Harvey in the past, so is Harvey just going to sit? Is Harvey going to make noises? That's um, fine. She's purring pretty loudly, but I don't know if the microphone's picking it up. That's good. That's good to Her caller okay. is going to be in the recording. Oh, that's fine. Well, we can, you know, that's just going to be beautiful, lovely, contented Harvey in the <laughs> background noise. Um, but no, I sold it and then I got the Super Nintendo and then I said to him and my dad says, that's great, what did you get? And I got like, I think you could get like F-Zero or Super Mario um, Land, I think was it, but I think it was maybe F-Zero was one of the main ones. And then I happened to drop to him, at the time the games were like 50 or £60 pounds <laughs> for They're still very expensive. He kind of flipped his lid. So... Um, was a Dreamcast on a whim, and you've been after a Dreamcast for a while. Um, you picked it up. I feel like there must have been a reason that I bought it, but I don't really remember what that was right now. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of the games that I bought for it have been on a whim. I it's they're pretty rare to find in used game stores around here. Um, mm-hmm. And at the time, I had a lot more disposable income, and so I was just sort of. I would see them in the store and kind of look at them and I'm like, well, this is only $3. This is only $5. I, I don't think I ever spent more than $15, $20 for a Dreamcast game. And so a lot of times really? I'd be like, well, I mean, I'm never going to see it again. So either I get it now or I don't get it at all. And I would kind of do, maybe sometimes I would do a cursory glance online to see if it was mm-hmm. just complete garbage or not. 
but a lot of games I saw that they were complete garbage and I bought them anyway. Um, see the Ring Terrors realm, because uh, I was like, this this is definitely garbage, but like I gotta. Um, <laughs> I have no choice. I've got to experience it. I've got to take. I've got to take one for the team. And that game's I've a, got a trip save. for sure. But um, like, and I bought a lot of them that were really really weird and that I knew were really weird. I bought Illbleed. I bought Seaman. Um, mm. I think Seaman was kind of on a whim because I was whim because I was like, this looks really weird, and it was. But uh, did you get the microphone with it? Because you're not meant to speak to. Yeah, the I got the microphone well, with it. it. Wow. You can't play it otherwise. At all. Not really. No, it's ah, all. It's mostly voice interface. So. <laughs> See, I remember the time when I got my Dreamcast. Is that it was the time just before kind of eBay had really really taken off. So it was, I was in like one of those, um, it's basically a pawn shop, but they kind of like, I guess they kind of made it more attractive and they called <laughs> it a kind of cash converters or something or cash less, masters less or something Less stolen merchandise. Like <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? Nicked out the back of somebody's car, you know, at 2pm, up for sale Or just, you know, the store. Kind of <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, okay, so what do you want to do? Well, I, you can either be involved in a retail team or you can be involved in a recovery team. What's the recovery team? <laughs> well, do you have a set of black leather gloves at all? And can you? How are you at crawling through windows? Um, okay, how good are you at picking the... locks? <laughs> exactly. You know, do you have a previous rap sheet or criminal record that you might kind of... I should mention, it's not usually the pawn shop employees that are the people stealing the merchandise and selling it, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, that's an awful thing to, to automatically assume. But anyway, this was before the days of eBay, so I went in and um, sitting on the shelf, there was like a copy, there was Shenmue... One and Shenmue two, and they were asking like you know I think they were asking like ten pound each at the time, and I had to get, I had to get it. I got like I went through a, a kind of a, a wave of getting things like um, Skies of Arcadia. I've got that one. And there was oh, such a so I I finished that game. I actually sat and played and completed that game. Um, is it? I mean, did you did you get a big collection of the Dreamcast stuff? No, it's not a huge collection, but, hmm. you know, good 10, 15 games. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. There's only, like, there's only so many games that are good that you can still play for Dreamcast now. Like, I know, actually, I think people might actually still have Fantasy Star Online servers, but that's not that's not really a game that you can just pick up and play anymore. I know. You just can't, I'm just going to jump into this. It's not like Final Fantasy XI. Yeah, <laughs> or anything like that. You can still kind of, you can still kind of play. I think it just went. I think I think I ended up selling mine, or I think it broke, and then I ended up kind of think kind of just selling the games because at that point, any Dreamcast that I tried to pick up was kind of like continuing to kind of. Yeah, that's kind break, of a problem with these consoles fantastic. in general. No, it's not good. And they're obviously the fact that they're wasting four four inches of controller wire. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> <laughs> by the way the wire is anyway but no i i have obviously i'm bringing up the the dreamcast because there's no i say dreamcast to people and they're just like what are you, what are you talking about what is what is this some kind of netflix show no it's not it's an actual console so it was um it's an old ass video game console oh such a good 
asked video kit. It was robbed. But yeah. then they, they, mistakes were made with the Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely did, but they didn't admit it until like later on. And there's always like you see it at least like once every eighteen months or two years, somebody writes a somebody writes like a thought piece about why the why the Dreamcast was the best console there ever was and kinda of was robbed at the time by kind of everything else that came out and was sold better and everything like that at the time. Because everyone went, I think everyone at the time was like, Sega, yeah, this'll rock. And then it kind of didn't rock. Yeah. <laughs> it, it failed. Absolutely disgusting. One, one huge problem the Dreamcast had is that there is no um, really adequate copy protection on the discs. They're just CDRs. <laughs> and so that was piracy was a huge issue with the Dreamcast. And I can tell, like, even getting it so late... I could tell because I would buy a mm. Dreamcast memory card and I would go home mm. and plug it in and there's like super Metroid data and stuff on it. And I'm like, hmm, I'm pretty sure that game was never released for the Dreamcast. <laughs> that was it. You could just go to a cart boot sale and it's like, you're walking past and it's going like, um, emulator, sir. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I know she bought some Dreamcast stuff. Would you like an emulator? And what does it do? It plays everything. <laughs> and then it was like the disc. You Is this legal? Probably not, but shh. <laughs> it's it's ten ten dollars for everything you could possibly ever dream of, and it's like, really? It's even got Shenmue three on it, which is <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's just exactly. It's turning more and more into a pipe dream. It's things things go on. You know, we said we needed three million dollars for a video game. Might need five. In fact, might need ten. In fact, I might need 15. I can't ever see that game. Is that game even out? Did which, that game which even game? come out? Shenmue 3? I, I don't think it's out yet. Is it Shenmue 3 or Shenmue 4 that they're kickstarting? I think it's Shenmue 3. I think it's Shenmue 3. And I think they kind of went, yeah, we can get this done for like $2 million. Yeah. And then they were like, actually, we me, me, me might need some more. That's how that it always money. is. And then always is for video game. Always is for yeah. video game stuff. Um, it's hard to predict how much a video game is going to cost to make. I don't know. I'm kind of wondering how much they cost to make nowadays. Um, you know, I was uh, I was listening to you um, have rather passionate talk about um, Telltale Games. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. Um, we're going to step away. We're going to step away from there. We're going to take off that particular outfit and we're going to put on a completely new well, outfit instead. There you go. I have... One last Talk thing to say about the video games conversation, though, and that is that yes. I will forever regret selling my copies of Cubivore and Rule of Rose because those games yeah. are worth like hundreds of dollars. I um, I gave um, Terragnigma in box to my cousin. I am um, not familiar on the Super with that Nintendo. one. It's worth lots and lots of money now as well. In fact, I was being the generous kind of um, cousin, and he was like, oh, I've just got, I'd, I think I had an N64, or maybe even a, I'd gone up to having like a PlayStation 2 or something. And I says, oh yeah, here's a whole pile of um, Super Nintendo games you can have. And they were all boxed, they were all mint condition because I looked after my stuff. And I, n I don't know what happened to them, but apparently they're all worth mega amounts of money and he probably sold them for sweets to be perfectly honest or candy <laughs> whatever he wants you know it's one of these things um the cosplaying side of things because um 
it's not it's strange because um you see it when I was at Tabletop Scotland, which was the um, tabletop convention up in um, Perth, which was fantastic, there was a couple of cosplayers there. Um, it seems to be an expected thing whenever there's kind of like some kind of um, geek-related kind of culture going on. I mean... I've actually seen events around here, like specify, like, do not cosplay to this event. Um, mm-hmm. because otherwise somebody will. I think it's the Obon Festival here at the Buddhist Temple. Yeah. Um, is not a uh-huh. cosplay event, and they have to make it very clear, like, don't cosplay to this event. It, it's disrespectful. Um, really? So then people don't, or if they do, they get kicked out. So definitely, I think, just... for a certain kind of event, um, mm-hmm. they will have to specify whether or not cosplay is allowed. Um Especially, unfortunately, Japanese cultural events are automatically a target for inappropriate cosplay. So, And some of them, they do welcome it. Like Nihon Matsuri every year, they're like, yeah, cosplayers welcome, we'll have a contest. Um, yeah. All that stuff. But other times, it's like, dude, please. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you we're Japanese doesn't mean that you can cosplay here. Oh, my goodness. And it would just be the most loudest, most inappropriate costume they could find as well that would rock up. They're wearing a kimono and they've got it uh, wrapped the wrong way. I don't remember if it's right or over left or left over right that's incorrect, but whichever oh way is the wrong way, just... that's how it's wrapped. Wearing some Nikes. Then some Nikes, just... yeah. <laughs> Full geisha mad. face paint, like the racist one, yeah. I think most cosplayers um, or... are smart enough not to do that at least, but... You're probably wearing the Scarlett Johansson face mask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's so wrong. That probably would happen. There's bound to have been folk that would cosplay as Scarlett Johansson. Um, you kind of like, here's my Ghost in the Shell character. And uh, like, I think Get. most Ghost in the Shell cosplayers uh, just cosplay from the anime. <laughs> exactly. The outfits are better. How did you get into it, though? I mean, how do you? I mean, because it, it's not. Like, is it? Maybe you can explain. I mean, is it one of these hobbies that you kind of just fall into accidentally or did you sit down and consciously go, you know, um, I want to do something slightly different or how did how did you get into uh, it? A little column A, a little column B. I had, um, so this was when I was in high school. I was working my first ever job at a grocery store as a cashier. Um, and I had mm-hmm. a friend there who was another cashier who we kind of became friends over the job and she was a cosplayer and she told me about the local convention anime bonsai which at the time was still at the sheridan hotel uh they've since moved to mm-hmm. the con- a convention center in davis county but um it's so it was really tiny then and she was talking about cosplay and i kind of was like oh that's kind of cool and i got into it from there i took sewing lessons um at joanne fabrics and mm-hmm. just worked from there practiced a lot got good um once once i started sewing i realized i really enjoyed it so it kind of took off from there is it kind of i mean do you remember the first piece of course you must remember the first piece that you that you kind of did yeah um Um, i'm trying to remember exactly what order they occurred in because when i i went to this anime bonds and i didn't cosplay and then the following spring i went to soccer con 2010 um with these people and that was my first out-of-state convention, and I would not go back for another eight years. 
<laughs> but because uh, I went this past spring, but then that was the first time I'd gone in a long time. But um, oh, I also went to Penny Arcade Expo one year, and we and my friends and I dressed as Pikmin. So I don't. That might have mm-hmm. been first. Okay? Yeah. I unfortunately I don't have pictures of that anymore. It was so long ago. I, but we made little hats and dressed all in a certain wow. uh, our corresponding colors. And uh, what color did you go as? I was the blue Pikmin. And my friends were the red and yellow Pikmin. Did you blue your face up? Did you put no. blue makeup on and stuff? No, we just wore the hats. You didn't. No. Didn't oh. want to deal with the face paint. <laughs> face paint is a really good way to take to either elevate your cosplay or to make it way worse. <laughs> But why? No, no, I don't get that. I mean, surely, you know, face paint is the best way to do it. I mean, you've got it, you know, blue. If you do it well, but I was 18. Ah, okay. (laughs) Years later, I would do Undying the Undying and do a good job on my face paint, but that takes hours. (laughs) (laughs) is it like I've right, I've just spent myself sewing myself into this costume. I've now got to spend three and a half hours kind of applying the next oh, you gotta put the makeup, makeup on before you put on the costume or else you'll blue your costume too. <laughs> um See this is why you're this is why you're on here. It's always like a case. This is like an unknown this is like an unknown universe to me completely. Because yeah. normally it's like I see cosplayers and I'm like, Yeah, I, I can't even you know, I don't even want to say hello or anything in case I say something that just makes me sound like an idiot. And oh, no, like, you should always say, say that's that's really, that's really nice work. <laughs> that's really, really nice work. That's really, really, you know, it's like, uh, and how long did it take to, to make that kind of thing? And it's just, mm, don't want to sound like a fool. My favorite video ever was of these three cosplayers. They're just as uh, Sailor Moon characters. And it, she, mm. she made a post on Tumblr and she was like, so we got interviewed by a local news station about our costumes. And I took a screenshot at the moment where they asked us how much our costumes cost, and the looks on their faces are incredible. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's like, because uh... <laughs> that's one of the. I mean, that's one of the things, isn't it? It's like, it's not. Do you know what? It's one of these strange things that still seems to be. Is it com- is it going commercial? Can you can you make cosplaying? Completely kind of commercial because I was thinking um, about a couple people have stuff. Um, Yaya Han, Jessica Negri, and Kamui Cosplay are the three I can think of off the top of their, my head. And I don't know, mm-hmm. two out of three of those, I'm like just Jessica Negri and Yaya Han, for all I know, could have full time jobs as well. Um, because I don't, yeah, I don't follow them as closely, but I know that Kamui Cosplay does cosplay full time and she she does YouTube videos, uh, that play into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has a book series. Mm-hmm. She has patterns mm-hmm. that she sells. Um, mm-hmm. Yaya Han has a line of fabrics at Joanne's and patterns at mm-hmm. Joanne Fabrics. Um, so I know that like you can definitely make this into a business. Um, yeah. But I, I myself have no desire to do that. But yeah, for sure, it, it's a thing. People, it has gone commercial. People can do that. So yeah, I was just wondering how you kind of if because it's not like a silica. Is it kind of almost like a board game where you can take kind of like your passion, you can stick it in a box and sell it to people? But I guess you you're almost like you kind of like branding your stuff, aren't you? Yeah, you're oh, you like can take commissions ex- as well. You can. I have friends that take commissions mm-hmm. and that'll you know pay pay this much and I'll make your or they'll charge like hourly or whatever and plus supplies and like I'll make your wig, I'll make a costume or whatever. Mm-hmm. So how many? I mean, how many? How many costs? How many? How many have you made so far? 
I don't know. <laughs> a lot. Is it is it just like a continuing thing? Yeah. And you kind of like get one finished and then it's like instantly I'm kind of like, right, okay, I'm on to the next one. Pretty much. I've made jokes to that effect on the Salt Report before where I basically launched mm. directly into the next project after finishing anyone. Um, this re Most recently I did take a, a good week or two off because I was burnt out, but I've started a new project again. So here we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like it, so I... Just kind of keep, yeah. keep at it. This is just, it must be like, I've just, do you know what, like, you say, right, okay, I'm definitely going to stop, or is it just the case that this is something that I do, this is something that I kind of get on with, and that's what you kind of do? I mean, is there, do you have like a list of ones that you want to make, things that you want to manufacture and stuff, you know, from the scratch? I mean, are you, are you, do you have like different levels where you say, right, okay, I can either kind of, get a lot I can do everything kind of totally completely from scratch you can enter into kind of like challenge mode yeah basically yeah I do um now that I've started competing I do kind of separate my costumes into competition piece and not so for example mm -hmm. the uh let's say like my Mikote starter set that I just did versus the taco costume I'm working on right now I don't yeah. I'm not trying very hard on this taco costume i'm letting a lot of stuff slide i am i don't really care if um part of parts of it are store-bought or um like if maybe that seam doesn't is kind of ugly and not like doesn't lie as flat mm -hmm. as i want it to because it's not going to go into a competition it's just for fun mm -hmm. whereas the mikote starter set i like okay this is a little janky so i have to rework it i have to unpick the seam and fix it or um mm -hmm. like i'm remaking the stockings because one of them is shorter than the other um these are things i would probably let slide if it weren't for the fact that i'm going to be competing in it so and i like i worked really hard about finishing all the edges properly and making sure that everything lies flat and looks good um so yeah there's definitely like certain levels of different levels of effort that I put into my costumes based on whether or not I plan to compete with them or not. Um, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. otherwise I would go fucking insane. <laughs> Let's be real here. <laughs> it's like, what's that? Well, she's up in the clock tower and she's um, throwing bobbins and sewing needles at anyone that kind of goes close and uh, watch out for that thread. Cause that can, that can cut if it gets wrapped around the skin too much. But I mean, is there ones, is there ones where you like kind of like you started on it and it's just like went zoom and you went, wow, this was really really easy. And is there some where you're like, I can't turn a heel on this, I can't turn a heel on this, I can't even sew straight. What's going on with this? Yeah. I'm going to chuck it out of the window. This is just driving me insane. Yeah, kind of I talked at length about the skirt for my Mikote costume and how I had to make it three times on the Salt Report um, before it finally looked right. And then on the, on the flip side of that, the shirt was the easiest thing I've ever put together. And it took me like two hours. So, I mean, it, it's individual parts, not necessarily whole costumes, but. Have you ever stopped? Have you ever like went, you know, I mean, fuck this. Yeah. And just put it to one side and just like said, right, I'm not, I'm going to. I'm, I'm just going to go as a ghost. I'm going to cut some eye holes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to wear it and go. <laughs> I've given up on costumes midway. And re recycled yeah. fabric for other costumes and stuff and sometimes wow. sometimes i like 
think that something will be simple. And then when I get into it, I realize Mm -hmm. it's not. And I have to put it to one side, uh, go back to the drawing board, rework it, do something different. Um, I've actually restarted a costume recently that was one of those Mm -hmm. um, where I started and was like, no, this is not as easy as I thought it was going to be. And then I did some other similar costumes and was like, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to it. So. (laughs) And do you, I mean, I've heard you talk about kind of like using patterns. Is there stuff that you would um, completely kind of invent from kind of like the ground up or, or would you prefer to kind of like find a kind of a recognized pattern online to kind of work from it, when you're putting the costumes together? It depends on what it is. So yeah. for something like a jacket, um, mm-hmm. it's easier for me to work from a pre-existing pattern and just modify it because... Yeah. Um, you know, the, there's a million jacket patterns, but then I have had to make my own patterns before. The again, like the that Mikote costume, almost all of the patterns mm-hmm. were things that I had to make myself, or that I based on clothing yeah. that I already have, like the stockings I made based off of a pair of leggings. I just traced my leggings. Um, mm-hmm. so it it really depends on what it is. If there's if there's nothing like that thing that I'm trying to make, if there's this shirt is not shaped like something that exists um, and that would have a pattern based off of it, then I'll, I'll try to work out a pattern myself. But um, if it's, Mm -hmm. if it's based on a jacket or if it's a pair of pants or whatever, then um, I usually try to make a pre-existing pattern unless it's really simple, like a pair of leggings or stretchy shorts or something that I can just, trace them based off of clothes that I already have and just make my own pattern. And that'll usually work out. Usually. Usually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> usually, except for these other two that are, you can't find them because uh, they're buried and I salted the land so nothing can grow there anymore, ever. Exactly. <laughs> um, do you mod stuff? I mean, will you go kind of like um, thrift shopping? and pick up kind of um, clothing that you can then use for kind of like a, 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 a kind of like a costume or something yourself. I used to do that when Would I was you? starting out a lot. Um, uh-huh. One of my other first costumes was uh, from the anime Bacano and they're all that's set uh-huh. in like the 1920s in the United States. And so they're all wearing, you know, suits and um, hats and whatnot. So I just, I went thrifting for that stuff. Um, I did Yukari Takeba from Persona 3 and I bought a sweater that looked pretty mm-hmm. much exactly like hers and just had to cut it and add a zipper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that a lot when I was starting out, but now, you know, I like sewing, so I sew. It's like part of the challenge. Yeah. In terms of the, the kind of the resource for the patterns then, um, is there quite a lot of stuff online? I mean, if I was starting out today and I said, okay, I want to, I mean, is there... I mean, in terms of support, I guess, from the franchises or even the characters you're copying, are there kind of places you can go that can say, okay, if you want, say, this particular character, you can download an actual pattern from here? Um, and is it is it you get kind of like direct support from the companies or, you know, Square Enix, do they, do they kind of help people with stuff like that or are they kind of like leave our characters alone so and cut you? it seems like recently a lot of companies are putting out cosplay reference guides for their characters Mm -hmm. 
So it's interesting you mentioned Square Enix specifically because Final Fantasy mm. 15, every character has a reference guide. They're not, they're not very good, but they exist and you can see mm. the costume from all angles, um, at least, and kind of get a sense for like, oh, okay, so this this shawl that Arden's wearing is like has holes in it and it's not just like um, mm-hmm. a weird pattern or something. Um, Patterns, not really, um, but a lot of commercial selling pattern companies are putting out cosplay patterns. Um, Simplicity and McCall's are the big ones. And so they have, um, there's like an Assassin's Creed cosplay pattern. There's a Princess Zelda cosplay pattern. There's Kylo Ren and Rey, and there's Game of Thrones (laughs) cosplay patterns. Um, They're not officially licensed patterns. So they don't say, oh, oh right, this yeah. is a Jon Snow pattern, but it's, you know, yeah. it's like a fur coat and y- you can, you can tell. And, or like, there's, there's a woman on the front that looks exactly like Cersei Lannister wearing a very Cersei Lannister dress. And it's like, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But so yeah. there's not a whole lot of official support in that regard, but a lot of pattern makers now are putting out specifically patterns mm-hmm. that can be used for cosplay and for specific characters. So did they actually in the guides for this are they stripping down the kind of the various pieces so you mentioned okay i'm looking at you kind of like here's a quote for like say arden do they actually have that separated out as something that you can look at or do they just have kind of like a fully three unfortunately no which is why i said that the square Enix ones weren't very good um because they uh-huh. didn't a really good one for for say arden would be to take off the, the cloak and scarf and show just what his coat looks like and then like maybe take off the coat uh-huh. and show what his shirt looks like underneath but they don't do that. It's just mm-hmm. like the essentially, it's just the character model from a bunch of different angles. Um, All right. Okay. So that's that's at least good to get you started, but it doesn't really give you a good sense for the layers. Um, and I remember mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. being annoyed with Prompto's because it didn't um, it didn't show his patches on, on his on his vest and on his pants. It just kind of yeah showed it showed the pattern on his shirt specifically, and then like all different angles. And I'm like, great, but I need to know what his patches say. And they didn't, they didn't like, you know, take them off and be like, and this is, these are what each one looks like and what they all say. And so like, when you go into Etsy, mm-hmm. all of the patches look slightly different. Um, some, some are better than others. So you- I, Square Enix is the one that I, that I can bring to mind right now, but I know a couple of uh, companies did more detailed ones for their characters. Is it cat? Is, I mean, is it catching on? As it's obviously becoming more and more, yeah, it's it's getting more. Hobby, you know? It's getting more common. Um, okay, I think Dishonored did cosplay reference guides for um, Emily and Corvo that were pretty specific. Yeah, and that kind of showed like the pattern on Emily's scarf and whatnot. So if you're going, like, you can mention kind of like getting kind of like patches for things. So you could go into like places like Etsy and say, okay, I need to buy X, Y, and Z, and There'll actually be people that will make kind of like specific emblems, patches, which you can just like purchase kind of online so you can use it for the costume rather than having to do the embroidery or everything yes. kind of like yourself then. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, you'll find all kinds of um, commissioners and stuff on Etsy and online and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also sometimes if there's a specific piece of the costume that is... Mm-hmm. Um, kind of universal and difficult to find. I'm trying to think of a really good example that aren't Prompto's patches, but I, I'm at a loss right now. 
But, um, <laughs> oh, um, the Mikote starter set has a whole bunch of little charms and buttons and stuff on them. You can buy them on Etsy yeah. if you want. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people that are just selling those, and that's it, and not the rest of the costume. So, yeah, if there's any kind of, like, trinket or whatever that's difficult to make and that a lot of people would be like, fuck it, I'll just buy it, um, it's mm. probably available on Etsy. And that's like a little cottage industry then. There's a lot of people that that's all they're doing, kind of churning out kind of those yeah. little pieces, when I, specifically knowing that people will be buying it for cosplay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, another good example is that when I cosplay Fang, I bought Fang's tattoos, um, temporary tattoos right, okay. on Etsy. Wow. So people are going that far to kind of like be producing kind of stuff like that. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Is that not like a kind of... Uh, of a kind of, you can get lucky with what you're kind of making. I mean, you know, for instance, if something becomes popular, I mean, do you, is that does that happen? I mean, in terms of, um, with the kind of the popularity of kind of films and other media kind of coming out, do you kind of get waves of you'll see like a thousand people now? Everybody's kind of cosplaying, kind of Spider Man now because of the latest film. Or, there's always or do you there's see... always people cosplaying Spider Man. There always has been. Um... <laughs> Comic, comics are kind of a bad example of that because they've always been absurdly yeah. popular and there's always been uh-huh. cosplayers of them. But like, especially for, like, you know, the big ones, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man. Mm, um, mm, mm, but mm. I'm thinking like Attack on Titan. Um, when that yes. anime first came out, I went to Anime Bonsai that fall. So it came out over the summer and, and then uh, that October, I went to Anime Bonsai dressed as an Attack on Titan cosplayer along with a good yeah. three or four hundred other people. <laughs> <laughs> did you turn up? Yeah, we all uh, turned up t- in the jackets and the belts yeah. and and I remember like when I the, the at the beginning of the day I was getting a lot of photos and then at the end of the day I was getting none and it was because they'd already seen 300 of me. <laughs> Just like that. Move along. Move along. Yeah. We don't need anything else. Yeah. And pa- past trends, I can remember um, Axis Powers Italia, um, Homestuck, mm-hmm. both got really popular. Undertale right now, um, well, for a while, I'm not sure if it still is, but for a while it was really popular for cosplay. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, you, you definitely see trends um, for, especially if the costume is relatively simple. Um, yeah. As with Homestuck, I can imagine. I can imagine Undertale being quite quite easy to do if it's all kind of pixelated. Well, I mean, it kind of depends on how extra you want to be, for sure. I've seen. Yeah. And that that is kind of what's funny about these costumes that you'll see ones that are um a little bit lower effort, like maybe they just kind of assembled a costume that looks about right, uh, and then you see the like yeah. super duper extra costume where there's like. Metaton and he's got his theme song blasting out of a hidden speaker somewhere on his person and <laughs> made the entire costume and the, they got the wings because they're Metaton Neo like you know it's pretty you can get more you can definitely like choose your difficulty settings you've got the Toriels that are like <laughs> face paint and a wig or a Toriel that's like a full fursuit you know it's you can choose your difficulty setting on yeah, those but yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to enjoy the story, please. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'd be. That's what I'd be kind of going. That's that I'd be kind of going for. But with that, um, I mean, is the is the K that's making the stuff, you know, now for cosplay? Do you look back on the stuff that you've made before and kind of, you know, shake your head a bit and go, "What were you doing?" Or are you kind of like 
saying, no, I've made the right project progression. I'm proud of what I did in the past. I mean, if, you're, if your skills got to the point where you're kind of like, yeah, I'm, I really know what I'm doing it, here. Yeah, I'm it's really only my challenge. it's really only recently that I started to make costumes that I'm actually happy with after I finish them. Um, so okay. within the past couple of years, I've finally started to make costumes that I'm willing to wear multiple times because I think they turned out well. Um, mm-hmm. For a long time, I would be really disappointed in the finished result and kind of stuff it into a closet and forget about it afterwards. Um, so finally, I'm kind of moving on to a point where my skill set's good enough that I'm not always completely disappointed in a costume and that I will wear it multiple times and that I'm happy with mm. it and I'm competing with them. And so for sure, yeah, I look back on old costumes and I'm like, oh, it's so ugly. Oh, no. But, you know, maybe I'm not being fair. You're always your own worst credit mm-hmm. critic, right? So Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a case of like, you know, when I'm kind of doing the art stuff it's like I'll draw something and then I'll as I say I will wrap it in a brick and throw it through a window and go <laughs> I'm never ever going to try and draw that thing again because it's absolutely terrible and then the next time I'll put something down like in pen and paper and I'll be like that yeah I'm just going to walk away because that's pretty much as good as I'm ever going to get <laughs> and I think it, yeah I think you know I think it's going to it's going to write with that um how long does it take to put something together. I oh, mean, I know it's like you're saying, well, it depends on, you know, yeah, that's, that's a stupid question. It's like, how long, how long does it take you to I can do your shopping? Depends. Look at my cosplayer app and I can tell you from some of my mm. costumes, because I, I you... mark basically how long it takes to make each costume. So let me see. Um, wow, you have an app. Yes, I do have an app that helps me track this stuff. Where is Ozra? It'll be a good It'll be a good test. How long did Ozra take to complete? 77 hours and 35 minutes on that one. About three months. Wow. Uh, and you actually kind of like, every time you're every time you're doing the work, you're kind of like recording how long you're spending on it. Yeah. My um, Mikote costume apparently took 67 hours and 25 minutes. Oh my word. Over the course of about a month and a half to two months. So is there, um, I, I know you've mentioned this before, but is there like crunch time? Yes. On costumes. I mean, are you kind of like, do you try a case of it? I'm trying to plan here and get as much done as possible. But inevitably, there's been a couple of times you've like, I've got, let's get the the coffee. um, Let's get the coffee and the full fat Coke on the go, because this is going to be a kind of an all nighter. Yeah. Um, I, it's actually, Azra and my Mikote costume were, unusual and that I didn't have that um Mm -hmm. because usually I'm trying to finish something the night before I remember Malon last Mm -hmm. year I was painting and gluing stuff hours before I was set to wear her (laughs) um like a good 12 hours before Fang ultimately wasn't finished I didn't finish the um um the lance because Mm -hmm. I was rushing to get things done and mm-hmm. I kind of had a breakdown where I'm like, oh, I'm not going to finish this. And then I was like, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to finish this, whatever. It's fine. So it, and I've had, I've had costumes where I was pulling all nighters to finish them. I just, I've got to a point where I'm like, I'm too old to do this shit anymore. I can't, I can't be staying up all night finishing a costume the day before the con. So I, I've gotten better about it and hopefully this trend yeah. I've started with Azra and the Miko Day where I am finishing them in advance of the convention will continue mm. because it's so nice. 
<laughs> it's so nice not to have to think about it the day before. Is it just like that? I'm just going to, no, I can chill. I'm having some tea. Just got to iron that Sit skirt down. and then I'm good to go. And I can, I can get a full eight hours of sleep. <laughs> full eight hours, get myself a nice, take my time with my breakfast. You know, stare over at it in the corner. Um, do you have to transport it especially then? I mean, do you, do you kind of, is it weird? I mean, I suppose it depends, but do you, would you normally kind of change when you kind of get there or do you kind of wait until, or do you, have you sometimes just like, I'm putting this on now because it's the easiest way to put it on? I always get I dressed at home before I go. Yeah. Um, oh, right, or okay. at the hotel room. Uh, yeah. And sometimes that means driving in uncomfortable uh, situations, but that, that tail is kind of a pain in the ass when you're trying to sit in a car. <laughs> Keeps getting in the way, officer. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes, like, <laughs> say for Azra, he's got that big coat. Like, I left the coat off until yeah. I got to the convention center, um, just because that yeah. was more comfortable. But for the most part, I will mm-hmm. be at least partially dressed, get into my car, um, mm-hmm. drive to the convention center, finish getting dressed, and go in. I'll have my makeup all done. Mm-hmm. Um, when mm-hmm. I went to the out-of-state con back in March, we we would get dressed, and my friends and I would get dressed in the hotel room, get all of our makeup on and everything, and walk to the convention center. Um, so we weren't that far away. It's just, you, it's not a good idea to get dressed in the bathroom of the convention center, especially if you have to do your makeup. I've seen people do that. It's never good. Yeah. Um, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> Don't paint yourself gray in the bathroom of the convention center and then put on your Homestuck costume and walk out. I could just, just, I could just no, imagine that. It happens. Just imagine that. And of course, fixing your makeup in the bathroom is different than putting on a full set of makeup yeah. and then going out. But Because yeah. I've gone in and fixed my eyeliner or whatever. I've, but I've got my bucket here. <laughs> I've got my sponge. Yeah, I've got, I've got my blue. I've got my blue war paint. Um, Great gray streaks <laughs> all put, over the sink. In in terms of, I mean, yeah, I mean, when you're when you kind of like walk into the convention, is there? I mean, do you get stopped? Do people kind of like stop and stare or ask for pictures? Does it depend on kind of who you're dressed as and what you're doing, kind of thing? I um, when I'm out outside the convention center, people will kind of like ask me what's going on usually <laughs> um <laughs> okay, just like in a worried kind of thing no they're just Does like what's happening is there, i mean especially now that salt lake comic-con's gotten so big people will be like is it comic-con yeah um yeah so i remember <laughs> at least when it when it, i was first doing this people were like what's happening um yeah and you have but, folk coming up to you and going are you okay yeah i mean people people now like people know what comic-con is it's gotten a lot bigger so they're like is it comic-con yeah. It's a Comic-Con right now? Why are all these people dressed up? Um, people don't usually ask me for pictures. I've had people... I've had people, like, poke parts of my costume without asking. I've had people take my picture without asking, out, like, when I was in freaking yeah. Target trying to get a coffee. Um, I mm-hmm. it's, It is really frustrating. I, the, the worst, most recent one I can think of is when I was wearing that stupid Choco Mog festival costume and people kept swatting the yeah. bulb on the top of my hat. Like, don't, mm. don't do that. <laughs> but. Cause they get signs nowadays. I mean, at most kind of um, cons conventions nowadays, you do get the sign coming up, which is saying like cosplaying isn't consent. Yeah. But those only stay in um, the convention center and the Norbies outside don't see them. So. 
Yeah. But I mean, people should have common sense and realize that it's not cool to touch people without their permission. Exactly. But you'd think that. People would go like, oh yeah, I'm just going to check because it's such a cool costume. You must obviously have a sign to say, you know, come and check the costuming and come and check the uh, come and check the stitching whenever you want to. It's like, no, just, you know, um, leave me alone. You're I'm trying to get a coffee. It must have been really annoying when you're trying to get a coffee. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and somebody comes the up worst and part is, is that, that like, if she, if she asked me for a picture, I would have posed, but instead she decided to, to take a creep shot. Like, <laughs> come on. That's just a bit, what are you doing? That's just a bit weird. <laughs> and probably brag to her friends. You're probably in, you're probably in somebody's Facebook feed somewhere. Probably. It's like, look at this cool picture I got. And probably in a lot of people's like, Facebook feeds, to be honest. But, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, how do you go from being somebody who's kind of cosplaying to going into the competition side of things? Because that's a, I mean, that is kind of like, that's a serious thing. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of like the next stage up. So, I mean, what made you decide? Well, um, I'm I'm pretty good at this. I I'm gonna um I'm gonna go ahead and and kind of kind of enter the kind of the competitions itself. I feel like on some level, I felt that that was the next step. Just mm-hmm. like I don't know, I think it's because a lot of my friends are really serious cosplayers, and um, they do compete. And I've I watched a lot of competitions, and I was seeing them in competitions. Some of them are judging competitions now. Um, so mm-hmm. I had this idea in my head that at a certain point, that's what you do. And it's not necessarily the case. If anybody's kind of freaking out about this, you don't have to compete. <laughs> No one's going to put a gun to your head and force you to compete. Um, but I had decided that this was this is the thing that you do. You cosplay for a little while, and then you get good, and then you start competing, and you get better. So I just kind of decided, like, okay, I'm going to compete at this convention. And so I did. And um, the first two I entered, I didn't win anything. Um, but recently at Gaming Con... 2018 i won third place for the novice categories now i've got my taste of victory and i gotta keep going um <laughs> that's it that's it you're in the big leagues now you gotta yeah. move up it's gonna be like are you gonna do when, like a training montage when, like once rocking? i win two awards i have to move to the intermediate category and get my ass kicked in that for a little while so <laughs> what's the i mean is it kind of like different state i mean is it like a huge difference between kind of like the novice category and the intermediate category are these people that are like you know you know, really, really hitting it. You know, they're kind of like training their fingers and stuff like that. You know, they're kind of going out for jogs and running and, you know, watching their diet and they've got the special I'm sure some people, kind of sewing needles. And I'm sure some, some people, people are like that, but... Um, they've been taking it too far. It For um, for intermediate and novice, the line is kind of blurry because uh, mm. it really just kind of depends on... They, they kind of say that, like, the the standard is kind of set by like the best person in that category, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But like uh, sometimes with the beginner category, it'll be kind of blurred um, because there's a pretty big difference in skill level that is that qualifies as beginner. It could be somebody who's been sewing for years, but they've never competed before. So they enter as a beginner or it could be somebody that just started cosplaying and they thought it would be fun. So they entered um, and it uh, sometimes when that happens, if there's one person that just absolutely blows everybody else out of the water, they will bump that person into the next category and say, so say like, if there's somebody yeah. who like dressed as diva and made their entire 
suit by hand and then the next person down like maybe they bought a, bought and altered a couple of um yeah steps yeah. and they'll be like well it's not really fair and so they'll bump diva into the intermediate category and give her third place in intermediate instead of first place in beginner so that the other beginners have a chance um <laughs> i suppose but um that sometimes happens from intermediate to master as well but definitely yeah. master class is like a, a league of its own they're usually making their own patterns they might even make their own shoes for the costume like there's wow. th- these are people that have been doing it for years they might be professionals they might sew as a career um and so they're they are definitely in a class of their own but um yeah it, it, it the line's kind of blurry in a couple of situations but usually it's like and, and they say in the rules for beginner you have to have made i think 75 percent of your costume from scratch and then yeah. other pieces can be bought and altered and they'll be a little bit um kinder to sewing mistakes or um prop making mistakes than they would be in a higher category because you're a beginner so if may- maybe the seam is kind of ugly and not straight they're like well whereas an intermediate or masters if your seam's kind of ugly and not straight and like fraying they're like mm, and it loses you yeah. a lot more points because you're they expect better of you essentially um yeah yeah are there certain, I mean, you've, do they do certain things? I mean, are they like kind of like judging the sewing? Do they actually ask to see the costume yeah. off your back? They sometimes, basically? do they actually? Some co- some competitions ask you to bring it in on a hanger, um, but they don't, yeah. the ones that I've been to, they don't require it. Um, but they will like yeah. get up in there and turn up the hems of your sleeves or whatever and make sure that you finish the seam and they'll like... Mm-hmm. I remember when I was dressed as Malin, they like lifted my skirts and um, looked at a little bit and looked at the seams and the finishing on that. You you have to be pretty comfortable. <laughs> and they'll ask. <laughs> I can imagine that. They ask, but you do have to be comfortable with strangers poking and prodding yeah. you and getting in very close. So. Um, I'd be. Do you mind, sir? <laughs> do you mind, sir? <laughs> Here, I'm wearing Stay a shirt underneath hands. this. You can totally open my jacket. Yeah, like plan ahead for stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. Exactly. <laughs> Just in case. It's like, yep. Um, wow. Otherwise, you'd have to wear tassels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wear underwear. But is it, I mean, is there, yeah, that's always a good, that's always a first thing. You know, you don't want to kind of fail with regards to that because that wouldn't be kind of, that wouldn't be kind of good at all. Um, but is there kind of like, other kind of like, well-known kind of judges in the circuit that people kind of um, look out for, that people kind of know yeah. in there, that you kind of like... Yeah. Locally, I mean, they pick local cosplayers. So locally, they're, some of the judges for these competitions are well-known, have a lot, like I'm friends with some mm-hmm. of the judges at these competitions because mm-hmm. uh, we mm-hmm. have similar hobbies and run in similar friend groups, surprise. Um, they also tend to mm-hmm. have, sometimes like bigger conventions will have industry group judges. So people wow, who okay. do this for a living i remember one of them was dressed as edna mode one year and i just oh, wow. could you think of a more perfect costume for a cosplay contest judge honestly but um yeah they'll have industry judges they'll have um local cosplayers they're not mm-hmm. like famous or anything but they are known to their community at least 
Yeah, I mean, there'll be no one within the circles. I mean, yeah. there'll be people going around saying, who's, who's, who, who do you know, do you know who's judging you? And I guess the judging will be kind of important. I guess different judges will appreciate certain effort that goes into, into kind of certain things. Yeah. Um, I mean, you mentioned the kind of the master classes of you. I mean, is there costumes that you've seen where you've just been like, that's really kind of cool, but also I totally want to know how you've done that. Well, the nice <laughs> thing, thing about these things is that usually you can just go ask them. <laughs> and I have on a lot of occasions been like, how did you make this piece of your costume? Is this, mm-hmm. is this, uh, um, iron on vinyl? Is this applique? So yeah, I mean, for sure. I've just gone and asked people, how did you make your costume? And they're usually very, <laughs> very willing to talk about it. So yeah, yeah. Put a lot of work into something and it's everybody's like, like how do you make this? You're like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> I <laughs> Sit down. Here, have a coffee. I've got myself a thermos. I'll pour you out one just now. You know, I've got a presentation you can go through kind of thing. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, is that is that where you're kind of heading to? Are you trying to head towards the kind of the master levels? Are you, you know, are you got plans that's the kind of the that's the kind of the end goal with this. Um, I guess it would be nice if it happened, but I'm not striving for it necessarily. I mean, it, there's always room for improvement, and it would be great to like. Mm-hmm. And I'm always trying to improve on my sewing and my skills, but I'm not necessarily like my goal isn't necessarily to compete at the master level. It's um, mm-hmm. this is this is a hobby for me and not like a job. So I I won't be super upset if I never quite make it there but yeah yeah you're not gonna gonna be in the next six months go and here's my patreon where you can come on and and support me and here's my website where you can buy my buy my kind of patterns because I know there's a lot I know it's like one of these things I mean but um it's yeah I mean it's like one of these things where there's the temptation to say well could I turn it into something I could kind of do full-time but then that's a problem when you turn into a job job and I don't want to give it up for this so what's the um what's the dream costume have you got one that you'd love to kind of like make or you just keep it is that not something you would you would share because it's your dream well it's like you know I don't know everything that I can consider a dream costume is one that I'm either currently working on or planning on making sometime in the future so it's all right okay you know um I saw a, um, there's a cosplayer named Melinda Chan that, uh, did mm-hmm. a cosplay of the storyteller bard set from Final Fantasy 14, and it looks so awesome, and I would like to make something like that, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the, that's the, that's the next one. I mean, um. Probably, that probably that won't like happen it. for another year or more, but it would be cool. I mean, but I mean, a year's not that. Kind of far away if you think about Not it. Really, I, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty kind of like you know. We we'll have to come back. You have to come back in a year and just let us know, or if you're listening out. In the so I started the yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I started this, and I've managed to glue all my hands together. And uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I do that now, a lot. You know, I glue myself to my costumes all all the time. <laughs> is it an injury? I mean, is it an injury prone kind of thing? Do you ever like kind of see somebody and kind of like go, oh um glue gun then and they went yep <laughs> yeah well i mean i don't recognizable I don't, like injuries I, I burn myself with my hot glue gun all the time i 
have glued myself, super glued myself to things. I have cut myself with um, scissors, sewing needles, um, wow. pins, exacto knives. See, I don't know why I'm laughing at the fact you've hot glue gunned yourself, but it I'm kind of like time. wincing at the fact. What can you What like... can you do about it? Wipe the glue off? Well, now you've just burned your other hand. Congratulations, you schmuck. <laughs> 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 just totally I just might, I'm just going to have to sit here and just, suffer until guess this I'll die. kind of dries out and I can be like oh exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's like that it's like um, and you get arrested whatever you get by the police because um, they've got no fingerprints and it's like are they a master criminal it's like no cosplayer <laughs> they just burnt all the fingerprints <laughs> off we found some hot your fingerprints glue. grow back pretty fast actually so oh yeah <laughs> There's no way to permanently remove your fingerprints because your skin, the skin on your fingers, grows them back after a while. See, that's another popular misconception just thrown. Yeah, we ever, if you've ever seen that movie um, <laughs> Seven with uh, yes. Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, yeah, uh, Kevin yeah. Spacey had to keep cutting his fingerprints off because they were growing back. So that's yeah, I remember that. And he had these kind of like he's got his finger so bandages on his fingertips. <laughs> Yeah, that's not the nice vision that I want to have Sorry. in my head at all. That's fine. You know, you live and learn. You move on. It's a good movie, you though. Know, I'm not feeling crazy at all. It is, it is a good movie. It's one of these good movies where you're kind of like, Kevin, why did you have to be in that good movie as well? Why do you have to be in The Usual Suspects as well? I can't oh, yeah, even I love watch The Usual Suspects. Crap. And even kind of like, I know, Baby Driver, I can't even watch that now. You know, it's like, pff, asshole. You know, it just made me feel bad about enjoying a good film. I've still got the I've got the usual suspects on DVD from when I bought it originally, and I've not put it back in the DVD player because I'm saying I kind of want to watch this, but I kind of really liked the film because of how he portrayed the character. Now, is that wrong with me portraying the character? But that's beside you know, that's a tangent and a yeah place I don't want to go. You know, I can't follow you, Anakin. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I mean with. With the cosplay scene kind of growing, or is it, okay, so is it growing, or is it just the case with that more and more people are becoming kind of like aware aware of it because of coverage on kind of like social media and obviously things like Instagram and stuff like that becoming, you know, your Snapchats and your Instagrams and even your Twitters becoming kind of like what people eat, sleep and breathe. Um, is it is it growing steadily at a rate that you can see, or you know, is it just something that is people more people are just kind of becoming becoming aware of that the the kind of the geekiness is is coming into the mainstream? I mean, it might be both. Um, mm. It's a little bit more accessible now to start cosplaying because of mm -hmm. YouTube and um, all these sewing pattern companies creating easy sewing patterns for off-brand costumes and um a lot of halloween stores have these costumes now i was in spirit halloween the other day and they had official ass mm -hmm. kingdom hearts costumes for sale so Lord, it's no then obviously people are more aware of it now because it's kind of gotten mainstream so i think it might be both yeah did you buy any kingdom hearts costumes? i did now? not are you sure if i'm gonna dress as an organization 13 member i'm gonna make the costume myself because i want to do that <laughs> Does that, I mean, does that when you see kind of like these costumes, are you kind of like a bit kind of like, mm, I could do better, or are you kind of like a bit, it's kind of... You know, honestly, they were pretty nice belittling quality a bit. at 
um, yeah. spirit Halloween. And I don't, I don't want to begrudge anybody who buys their own costumes because sewing is hard. And hmm. just because I like to do yeah. it doesn't mean that everybody will. So definitely exactly. I don't begrudge them. And like these costumes were pretty okay quality actually, especially for a Halloween store. Um, but mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I guess to answer your question, no, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely that insulting. After spending the last kind of like 45 minutes asking you about your processes, I go, oh, do you not just buy them off the rack? It's like, yes, <laughs> yes. It's like, you know, yeah, okay, okay. It's like just asking, do you do pre-made podcasts then? Just get out of my house, never come back again, <laughs> leave me alone, kind of thing. Um, the, what, I mean, is there any advice that you would give to new to people that have listened along and have been thinking about it and you know are maybe making their kind of their first steps what you know what what would you say to them um apart from obviously um be prepared to be burned um kind of thing um i guess don't take on too much all at once um hmm. there were a lot of costumes that i wanted to do when i was younger that were above my skill level and i really um burnt myself out and got really frustrated trying to do them. So um, maybe mm. don't pick Artorius of the Abyss as your first costume. <laughs> I, I didn't. I'm just trying to come up with a random example. But like, you know, and, and if you are going to do example. something that like armor making or something that you've never sewing, if you've never done it before or something, make sure to do yeah. some research. And, and it's, it's easier than ever now to learn how to do these things because of YouTube and um tutorials online and stuff so just do some research and figure out what you're doing before you start so you don't waste materials that way mm -hmm. is it expensive yes i mean do you shudder to think how much money you've actually spent on well the thing about that cost planner app is that i keep track of how much money i spend on my costumes and it hurts <laughs> it's just like that. i joke a lot Second. on my own podcast about how I like oh that new game came out and I want to play it but I just spent a whole bunch of money on fabric yeah that's the reality of it is that you have to pick one or the other <laughs> unless you're filthy stinking rich <laughs> which I'm not I but I could get spider I could get spider-man or I could buy this or I could buy <laughs> some faux suede costume yeah. exactly 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 um you've got the pot you, you've obviously mentioned the podcast um, the salt rapport is um, like my second home, <laughs> if I'm not <laughs> on hassling you guys. Um, it's basically um, one. It's kind of like I, it's kind of like one of the most free form talk about anything, kind of easy to get into, non pretentious type podcasts i kind of listen to which is why i like it so much and you kind of never know what's kind of going on you can predict and there's, you can't <laughs> really you can predict at some point there is going to be you can predict that i'm going to talk about final fantasy 14 and cosplay i stayed away do you notice i completely stayed away from final fantasy 14 because That's i fair. didn't want to embarrass myself because i don't i don't know anything about it i'm I'm too stupid honest, to play Final I Fantasy don't... 14, but I'm, it's not going to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be looking at chat windows, and it's like I, I listen to that because the latest episode you talk about like the frustrations of dealing with people. I went on a lengthy like, rant about it was, people not being it was nice to newbies. It was a fantastic vintage 
rant of um, epic proportions, and it was very, very well. It was uh, it was well stated, and it was absolutely justified to say that if you are dealing with somebody who's obviously new to a game, cut them some slack, especially if it's multiplayer, you know. But um, anyone that's listening just now, um, if you haven't checked out the Salt Report, then check it out. There'll be a link in the show notes so you can you can kind of check along. Um, there's yourself, Kay. There's Jake, my boy. Um, and then there's, Je- there's Jesse as well, who is the filthy wizard who we've heard from before. Um, that's about... That's kind of about it, isn't it? It's like fun. It's just popular culture it's it's a very very good laugh and it's highly recommended and also um follow them on the twitter as well at um, podcast to keep up with her kind of their updates at podcast so um if they want to keep an eye on what you're up to where do we find you on the interweb nets um you can find me on Twitter and Twitch as Humanity Upgrade. And then if you specifically mm-hmm. just want to follow my cosplay exploits and don't want to deal with my other bullshit, you can follow me on <laughs> Facebook or Instagram at Crowfeather Cosplay. What we'll do is we'll put these into the show notes so we've got notes to show. Um, thank you very, very much for coming on. Look, I, guys, if you're listening just now and you're just like, that wasn't tabletop, it's like, well, you know. Deal with there it. Are other creative forms, <laughs> you know, get over it. You know? People tabletop cosplay, yeah, just they... not me. So <laughs> look up Warhammer exactly. 40k so, cosplay yeah. sometime. It's incredible. Exactly. That is, you know, and maybe you'll have, you know, you'll, you'll see kind of like the, the, the amount of work and have more respect for kind of what goes in when you're kind of creating those costumes. So it's been a little diversion and um, I've thoroughly enjoyed having a chat with you. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having it's me It's been on. long overdue as well. Yes. No, it's been really We've been talking about this for ages. We have been too long, um, but good. Um, if you want to keep an eye on we, what we are up to, and I cannot talk, um, you can go to the various places, uh, Twitter, We're Not Wizards, Facebook, We're Not Wizards, website, We're Not Wizards.com, the, we're on Tumblr. <laughs> no idea. That's Jesse's fault. We're on Tumblr. I can't even talk about it. Um, I kind of fell down that well and I'm like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I don't know where I am. I think every now and again about creating a uh, Tumblr for my cosplays and then I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, you see Podbean automatically put, they've got a button to say, do you want to add this to Tumblr? So they automatically put the episodes on Tumblr as well. But I've never, ever seen anything kind of happen off the back of that. And I don't know if I want to see it. <laughs> Something happened off the back of that, but I'm not sure. Um, we're on other places. You can find us on Instagram. We're on um, all the podcast catchers like Podknife and um, Stitcher and Spreaker and Acast and Podbean itself. And uh, we write stuff, which is we're not wizards.blogspot.com. I sometimes write stuff. There's lots of people that write other good stuff on the blog that write an awful lot better than I do write. Um If you like what you've listened to, um, then please consider going on to Apple Podcasts and giving us a rating or a review. If you are going to be giving us a rating or a review, remember, don't give us 10 stars because it makes us (laughs) big-headed. But don't give us one star because it makes us cry. Give us five stars because it's in the middle and it's average. And we are just that little bit average. 
but the person who's not been average tonight is rather wonderful, rather fantastic. Kay, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And there's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards? It's a mystery. No, it's a mystery. Have you ever dressed up as a wizard? I'm about to for taco. Don't I don't even want to know that. Why are you just ruining it? And the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Kay. Say goodbye, Kay. Bye. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll6s.com. And it's not always about rolling dice. It's not always about place encounters. Sometimes it's about taking the time, the trouble to sew, to stitch, to glue, to work through patterns, to make sure everything fits, to make sure you look fantastic, to sort out your makeup, to step out into the sunlight and to play as someone else for a day. But until the next time, goodbye. Wizard is never late. He arrives precisely when he means to.